Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. I was hoping there were still cookies up here, but I guess, you know, Pastor Magno ate them all. Um, He totally pretended he wanted to ask me a question before, but he really just wanted to eat the cookies that were on the floor. It's all good. Hey, can we celebrate something real quick? At our last Resilient Woman in March, March, right? Yeah. We were able, during our offering, to give a portion of what we all generously gave to a um, single mom in our church who was just needing the love of Jesus and the love of the sisterhood to come alongside of her. And so I just want to celebrate you for your generosity. If you were able to come that night and give, your giving made a difference. So can you put your hands together for that? Also, I want to celebrate the fact that we brought over 12,876 diapers at our last Resilient Woman. And just tonight when worship started, Caroline already told me about 200 baby items were already delivered. So, yes. I know we've prayed a lot, but I want to pray real quick one more time before we go into the message today. Father, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your presence is already here. I pray that you would use, Lord God, me as a vessel to just bring about your truth tonight, to empower your daughters, to show them the tools that you've already provided us through your word so that they can live the victorious life. Have your way tonight. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Why don't we stand together real quick? (laughs) Isaiah 30, verse 21. And it says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Then, when you turn to the right, or when you turn to the left. Hear it again. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. The title of tonight's message is Unusual Wisdom. Unusual Wisdom. Who would love to have a feature on their phone like, hey Siri, which door should I go through? Or, hey Siri, which guy should I date? Or, right, we'd all like one of those, hey Siri's, tell us which way to go. But I want to tell you tonight, we actually do have a hey Siri. Actually, an HS, it's Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about what it means to be led of the Spirit while tapping into a discernment that I feel like sometimes lacks. Wisdom seems to sometimes lack. And if we want to be the kind of people that are the light of the world, we have to walk in unusual wisdom. So high five the woman next to you. Actually, that's banned. We don't high fives. We hugs at daughters, resilient woman. Thank you, Pastor Magnum, for the unusual transition. (laughs) Unusual wisdom. I had two unusual things happen before I came to church today, and this wasn't even like, I don't know, it just happened. Things, weird things happen to preachers right before they preach, I guess. So I don't know why. I'm a little random. Those of you who know me know this is true. I have a hot iron, you know, for my hair. The, what are they called? The That thing. I had this hot curling thing. 
and it was on. And I knew that it was on. I was just curling my hair. But for some bizarre reason, I decided it was gonna be okay as I was just doing something. I don't know what I was doing. I literally don't know what I was doing. And I whacked my face with a hot curling iron. You can't see it because I literally put like layers of like powder on my face, but there's actually like a mark straight through here and it's hurting right now, okay? Yeah, I literally was like, I don't know. I really don't know what I was doing, but I went bam and I'm like, who does that? <laughs> Unusual Miriam. And then I know that these pants have issues. <laughs> because the last time and the first time I wore them in church, the back of them split. <laughs> so I had my mom do the Portuguese thing. She sewed it, because now we don't know how to sew, at least I don't. But the other generation knew how to do it. So I wore them today thinking, well, mom put that like ninja sewing on the pants, it'll be fine. I'm in worship and I sit and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so there's a little tear, and so thank God the worship team's not behind me here. I will not be doing any kind of you know, dance moves in case anyone wants to Instagram this, okay? <laughs> not appropriate for the world to see. But anyway, unusual wisdom. Those two things were definitely unusual wisdom, but the kind of unusual wisdom I want to talk to you about tonight isn't the weird kind. It's the kind that actually sets you free to walk victoriously. It's the kind that actually empowers you so that you don't make a mess out of your life. It's the kind that helps you understand that the Holy Spirit exists so that you don't have to guess through life. You see, we are favored with the Holy Spirit so that we can walk victoriously step by step. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about what it means to be led of the Spirit while tapping into the gift of discernment. So if you have a journal or your notes section, I'm definitely going to give you lots of points. Yeah, I told Yasmin, oh, I'm going to teach more or less preach more. She's like, you say that all the time. You, you always teach. I'm like, no, I don't. I preach. She's like, no, you always give like 500 points. I'm like, well, whatever, okay? So tonight's going to be, again, I thought it was going to be different. I thought, yeah, it's going to be different. I'm going to do more of a teaching message. She's like, you always do that. I'm like, whatever. Okay, so it's going to be a teaching message. Being led of the Spirit. We're going to talk about it more in depth, what that means, but Simply put, to summarize it, it basically means this, obeying the word of God. Yeah. It's not, sometimes we think it's this airy, fairy, oh, the wind's going to blow me in this direction and in that direction. What's the wind telling me? No, 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 no. Being led of the Spirit first and foremost, the foundation of knowing the direction for your life, the foundation of knowing what God is saying and what He's not saying starts with what the Word says first and foremost about you and for you. You want to know how to be led of the Spirit? You've got to read the Word of God. Because when you read the Word of God and you transform your thinking and renew your mind with His Word, then you'll know how to detect what is God's will, His good and perfect will. And that is so important. We're going to go into that a little bit more. But what is discernment then? Discernment is being able to detect or recognize truth when it's not always evident. You know, us women, we have this like weird sixth sense, sense right? Like you meet someone, everyone loves them, but you're like, mm, I don't trust that person. Anyone feel that way ever? Yeah? Like I feel that all the time. Anthony's just like, you're just suspicious. I'm like, no, I have discernment. You know what I'm saying? And so often like, 
I don't know about you, but sometimes you get something in your gut and that is called the Holy Spirit prompting you about something. It's not just the pizza from the night before. See, discernment, it's a higher dimension of wisdom. It's beyond the natural eye. It's beyond just right or wrong or good and bad. It's in a spiritual sense, it's being able to discern or rightly judge what God is saying about a situation. You see, what happens is we have a lot of times Christians, daughters, young Christians, older Christians, who will argue this. Well, it's not wrong, so... But, okay, it might not be wrong, but is it God? It may not be wrong or it may not necessarily be a sin, but is that the level of living that God has called you to? God has called us to be separate. Not that we're better than anyone, but he's called us to be separate. He's called us to walk victoriously. He's walked to, uh, called us to walk in freedom. But so often we're making excuses because we're bypassing the voice of discernment, which is the voice of the Holy Spirit. This message is to empower you. Some messages will be to encourage you. Some messages will be to tell you you are the head and not the tail. Some messages, though, are to teach you so that you can stop making a mess out of life sometimes. So that other people can learn from you, can glean from you. So other people can spare pain because of what you are carrying through the gift of discernment. I like to summarize discernment as unusual wisdom. Unusual wisdom. Acts chapter 7 verse 10, it says, And God gave him, which is Joseph, favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor all of, uh, over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. See, Joseph was able to decipher and have insight, godly insight to these dreams. It wasn't natural wisdom. It wasn't just earthly wisdom. It bypassed earthly wisdom. It saw deeper, had greater insight, and that is what is available to us today through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We can have unusual wisdom so that we can make decisions that bless our life, our children, that bless our finances, that bless the house of God, expands the house of God and can spare us some pain. First Kings 4.29 says, now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breath of mind like the sand that is on the seashore. I love this other translation. It says, God gave Solomon unusual wisdom and insight and knowledge too great to be measured. You see, we all want wisdom, right? We don't want to be stupid. Like, we don't want to be idiots, right? Like, who wants to be, like, dumb? We all want to be smart, right? But this is not about being smart. This is not about knowledge. This is about insight. This is about looking at a situation. Okay, we see it with our natural eye, but being able through the gift of the Holy Spirit to see past the natural and say, what is God seeing and saying about this situation? Man, I'm in this place right now with some friends and something inside of me is like bothering me, but you make excuses, right? Like, well, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm here with my friends from church. This is great, but something's wrong. Your spirit is bothered. That is a red flag, my friend. That's the Holy Spirit saying, beep, 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 get out of there. Beep, 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 something's about to happen. Your reputation's about to get tarred. Something's about to happen. Get out. We have to start learning how to listen to the promptings that are within our soul. We need to start asking the Holy Spirit, give me unusual wisdom. You see, it's not something that just happens. 
It's something that we have to ask for. It's something that we are gifted in. We all want wisdom, but what if we start asking for unusual wisdom to see past the natural insight into the supernatural realm where we have insight into what God is seeing and saying about a situation because the reality is he knows the future. So often we have two doors presented in front of us. Door number one, it's glitter. It's got chocolate, ladies, and perhaps it has some donuts. I don't know what your flair is, but mine is donuts. Top that donut. Talk about decisions. I have a hard time going to that place. Actually, you know what I do when it comes to decisions? My close friends know this is true. It's actually a little bit embarrassing, but I'm actually now proud of it. When I go to a restaurant, I so hate making decisions, I literally ask my server to choose my meal. I kid you not. Friends, those of you who've gone to dinner with me, do I, raise your hand if you know I do that. Yep. Yeah, my friends know. I do not pick. I do not like making decisions outside of the office. 80% of my job is making decisions, and they're big. So my rule is, and I tell my friends, I don't make decisions outside of the office. So when I go to a restaurant, the servers look at me like, lady, what do you want to eat? I'm like, I don't care. Choose something. As long as I'm not cooking it, I'm happy. They're like, but what if you don't like it? I'm like, I'm not picky. And they're like, Literally half the times they're petrified because they're like, what if this lady gives us a bad review? And the other half, they're like, this is awesome. I could choose whatever I want. And so, and I always love it. So whatever, decisions, I don't like them. But anyway, unusual <laughs> wisdom. You have this door, it's shiny. It may have chocolate. It may have a picture of Thor on it. I don't know, okay? Chris Pratt, whatever is up your alley, I don't know. The other door may not be as shiny. It may just look, I don't know, Blah, like beige. Like who even likes beige anymore, right? It's like beige. I'm wearing the gray tones, the cool tones, you know? But shiny door number A. That was an Anthony comment, number A. Number one and door number two. And so often we look at this first option and we're like, man, it looks good. Man, it looks so good. There's chocolate on it and Thor's face is on it. That must be God's will for my life. And then you look at the second door and you're like, hold up though. Something inside here says this beige door is the right one, but, mm, but it's not Thor. <laughs> I really want Thor, at least the picture of Thor. I'll take it down and take it to door B or something. But I don't know, but, and so often we are tempted by the shiny things of door A. But the prompting of the Holy Spirit says, hey, door A might look good on the inside, but once you open that door, this valley, this alley may be full of trash and rubbish, and the Holy Spirit is sparing you pain. I think of the story of Abraham and Lot. They had to choose land, and Abraham's like, okay, pick whichever you want. You want this land, that land? And he chose the land that looked amazing. He's like, all right, I'll have first dibs. I'll take the nice place. He didn't understand, and he wasn't able to have insight nor discernment that the land that he chose was actually going to destroy his entire family. His wife got left behind as she turned around and turned into a pillar of salt. Dore, door B. What's the Holy Spirit? telling you. And you might feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've been a Christian my whole life and, and I have such a hard time making decisions because I hate making them. And when I finally make a decision, then I'm anxious for the next six months wondering if I made a wrong decision. Have we ever felt that way? Yeah. Oh my gosh, like all the time, right? It's like, okay, I choose door B without Thor's face on it, but, but was that really the right door? And, and so we have this fear. Yeah. 
But I want to tell you tonight that if you start asking the Holy Spirit to give you unusual wisdom, discernment to see beyond the natural eye, I promise you when I first started building this church with Anthony, I was 23 years old. It was the scariest thing. And I'll tell you, I was so desperate for wisdom. Every January, the whole month of January, my one and only prayer was, God, give me wisdom beyond my years. I was actually praying, give me unusual wisdom. And for literally those 12, 13 years of pastoring this church, still till this day, January, that's my prayer. Give me wisdom beyond my years. Give me unusual wisdom. Single moms in here, that needs to be your prayer. Give me unusual wisdom. Girls who are in careers, God, give me unusual wisdom. Which path should I take? Women thinking of marriage, pray God, would you give me unusual wisdom so I make sure I'm not choosing just based on of emotions, but I'm choosing based out of truth, based out of your presence, based out of the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Because of the Holy Spirit, we are favored so that we don't have to guess and fear through the decisions of life. Because even if we do make a wrong decision, and I think it's Stephen Furtick who says that, and we may have a bit of a setback, we know that as we surrender our setback, we're about to make the biggest comeback. And so even if you've made some wrong decisions, I want to set some people free in here today. Your wrong decision yesterday, a month ago, it may have derailed you for a moment. It may have prolonged a few of the blessings, but today surrender that decision. Today surrender that mistake and say, God, take it. I surrender it to you. And he will put his hand on that situation and literally use it for his glory. And he will make that your biggest comeback. Don't fear if you have made wrong decisions. Discernment. I'm going to tell you a little story. It's actually not that little. I'm going to try to make it little. (sighs) My closer friends, I keep saying that today, my closer friends. I have friends. Thank God. Um, Ministry could be lonely, so you need friends. I've learned that from a lot of my pastor friends. They always say, ministry is lonely. I'm like, then go have friends. So, I mean, I love friends. I love talking. Um, (laughs) So, 20 years ago, I met Anthony. Actually, 19. 19 years ago, I met Anthony. And within a few weeks of him being my friend, he decides to call me. And he's like, hey, he gave me a three-point sermon, literally. Number one, I think you're pretty. Number two, I think you're godly. Number three, I'd like to get to know you. Do you want to go on a date? And I was like, number one, I don't like you. Number two, I'm not attracted to you. Number three, please leave me alone. See you later. (laughs) It wasn't quite like that, but he did give me a three-point sermon, but I did not like him. I was not interested, not even the slightest bit. Not attracted, although he's gorgeous now. I love you, Bev. My mother-in-law is here. Can we celebrate her? If I could be honest, the one thing I loved about Anthony at that moment when he asked me if I wanted to date him was his character. I could tell already he was a man of God. And I was like, man, why can't I like him? Because he actually is like such a great man of God. But I was just like not interested at all. But the weirdest thing happened. When I hung up the phone, something really strong, I kid you not, came and said, that's your husband. I said, no, it's not. And I kid you not, for a year and a half, every time I saw the man, that's your husband. No, it's not. 
I don't like him. He's arrogant. He's conceited. I don't even like the shade of blue in his eyes. Such a lie. Um, all this stuff. And I'm giving all these reasons why I don't like Anthony. And to, to be honest, I really didn't. I didn't like him. So I was like, what is this harassing thing just bombarding me? Gonna marry him, gonna marry me. I'm like, I would like to marry someone else. I don't know who, because there's really no one there that I really liked. Actually, that's not true. I liked a lot of guys in college. <laughs> I mean, the baseball team, the te you know, they were all cute. Just kidding, I only have eyes for Anthony. <laughs> Can't get out of that one now, can I? Crap. Okay. Year and a half later, something weird happened to me when I came home for Christmas. Anthony, I always knew this about him. He had a preaching ministry at, um, at Liberty. So I would always hear him on the radio. And again, that's your husband. No, it's not. And um, I remember one day being home and I got to witness to someone very close to me. I, it was a struggle. For years, I wanted to share the love of Jesus with this person, but I was fearful. Sometimes we get fearful, right? When we want to share the gospel and, and, and it's family. So even family makes it even more like, eh. it's the people we should have tried to witness to the most, but it's the people we're the most fearful of because we're afraid of their opinions, right? And so, yeah, I had this moment where I stepped out in faith and I witnessed to someone in my family. And let me tell you, something weird happened. Something is like, you need to tell Anthony. And I was like, who? Which one? What are you talking about? Anthony Fleming from Australia. No! Why would I do that? But I knew he had such a passion for evangelism. So the weirdest thing happened. I come back home from break. I see Anthony in the cafeteria, and something happened to the man. Like, his guns went from, like, great to, like, holy cow. Like, I was like... What, 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 hello? And then the shade of blue in his eyes were just like, like Caribbean blue. I was like, never liked the guy's accent. Suddenly I'm like, keep talking, baby, you know? So I'm like, dude, I gotta tell you something. And the guy was shocked because every time I'd see Anthony because of the harassing, the voice, like you're gonna marry him, I'd literally go, oh. And the guy's like, what's wrong with this Portuguese girl? Like, she's so annoying. Like, I literally avoided him like the plague, like avoided him. And then finally I was nice. I saw the guns, the blue eyes, and I had a word about evangelism for him, you know? And I said, hey, you gotta call me tonight. I gotta tell you something really cool that happened. And he literally, I kid you not, he was like, Okay, all right, I'll call you. I was like, that's right, boy, call me. I'm not even gonna give you my number. You're gonna figure out. I did not give him my number. He had to find my number. Yes, let them run, girls. Let them hunt you down, yeah. Actually, no, that's weird. But let them pursue you, okay? So he calls me that night. And so we start talking for like two hours, and that's normally the start of a beautiful relationship when you're like, you can't get off the phone, you know? And so he's like, you wanna go on a date? And he was like super nervous because I shot him down the first time a year and a half ago. And I was like, uh, all right, the guns look good and the blue eyes, okay, still really godly. All right, let's, why not? So we went on a date, and that was it. Two and a half years through that, we had two or three breakups, pretty bad breakups. Lots of pain, lots of insecurity. And every time we broke up, I was determined, uh-uh, nope, done, out. The entire time, that's your husband. No, it's not. It is not, I struggled with insecurity, he struggled with fear. And I was like, this is not a good match right here. We need like someone else, I need someone else, he needs someone else, the entire time. But here's the kicker. 
Here's the kicker. As a 18, 19 year old, something inside of me told me, don't tell anybody what I'm telling you. Write this in your journal. Don't tell anyone what you're feeling. Just write it in your journal. I told one person only, my best friend at the time, Kristen. Actually, she's still a really good friend of mine. And I said, and I didn't say, thus saith the Lord. I didn't say, God told me. I said, I keep getting this weird thing over the last year and a half before we started dating that I'm going to marry Anthony and it's really aggravating me. And she said something so comforting to me. You know what she said? So deep. Miriam, no one's going to put a gun to your head and make you marry the man. And I was like, amen, sister. And I was like, that is a word from the Lord. And then I was fine until I felt it again. And then I was like, great, we're back here again. But I was like, you know what? God's not going to make me marry someone I don't like. Fast forward, we get married. <laughs> a week later, I sat down and I said, I got to tell you something. I pulled out my journals. I said, you're not going to believe this. But the entire time I was running away from you and I was like avoiding you, God kept telling me, now I could say it's God because I tested it. Now I could say it's God because I tested it according to scripture. You're a man of God. I'm not unequally yoked. You are following and pursuing the dreams of God for your life. And so I, this being spirit led, picking a man that is right for me according to the word of God. But then I tested the voice inside of me and I waited. And you know when I got the full answer of whether it was true or not? When he accomplished it when he completed it. And I remember thinking to myself, I said to him, I'm like, do you know that I felt that the moment, the first time you asked me out, like a year and a half before we started dating, he's like, do you know the moment that I hung up, I felt the same exact thing. And I was like, weird. <laughs> but do you know what the cool thing about that is? It wasn't that I married the person that I felt God showed me. Because God could have showed, I, don't know, I mean, I could have, my desire could have been for any guy there. Like, ooh, God's prompting me. I really like that guy. I feel the peace in my spirit. And like, God's like, what peace? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's just like, blonde, blue eyes with an Australian accent. But so often our desire almost gets in the way of what God is actually trying to say to us. So it's so important that we use discernment to test what he's actually saying. And here's the thing, and I want to release some people with some wisdom tonight. If you feel like God is telling you you're supposed to marry someone, don't tell that person. But anyway, can we just be the kind of women that have unusual wisdom and d decide, hey, if God is showing me something, let me test it. Let me see if it is actually the Lord. Let me hold on to it. Let me, let me look in scripture to see if it actually does this, whatever, whatever that means, you know, ways. <laughs> Hey, four voices you need to learn to discern. Number one, the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. What does he say? Number two, the voice of the flesh. Number three, the voice of the enemy. Number four, the voice of your desire, sometimes your emotions. You know the voice of God when you know his word. The world will try to twist God's words. They will tell you what is acceptable because the majority accepts it, but just because the majority accepts it does not mean it is right. Does that mean it is God? Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, yeah. Listen really closely to what I'm going to say next. 
Too often, we only seek God when we are in crisis mode, emergency mode. We only seek God when it's holy crap. I need to know what God is saying to me about this. But do you know that if you were to seek God regularly, consistently, not just for what's in his hand, but for what's in his heart, he can reveal to you deep and hidden things that you did not know that would spare you some pain. But the problem is we're always living in emergency, in emergency zones and crisis mode when we only go to God because we've screwed things up. We've gotten ourselves in debt. We've gotten ourselves in some sexual immorality or whatever it is. And so you only go to God during emergency crisis. But God wants you to come before the crisis so you can avert the crisis. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. But when you're in crisis mode, guess what? You're anxious, you're hurting, you're freaking out. So it's hard to hear what he's trying to tell you. We have got to practice to seek the presence of God, not during crisis mode, not in emergency mode, but as part of our day-to-day because he can tell you, you can walk into Starbucks and find your next honey and your last honey. But if you're just kind of like, whatever, latte, and and we're so not (laughs) spiritually minded, we are fleshly minded sometimes, and God wants to drop some hidden treasures in your heart and soul so you can choose the right door to walk through. God would like to tell you things beforehand so you don't have to go into crisis mode. You know it's the voice of the flesh based on the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19, 23. There's some hilarious words in here. And I know I'm an adult and I have kids and I'm a pastor, but there's certain words that make me laugh. And so it's okay if you want to laugh when you read it. And Caitlin and I are probably going to die because we do these together. Okay, ready? Galatians 5, 19 through 23. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, which means excessive indulgence and like immoral things, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, Discord, jealousy, work of the flesh, jealousy, fits of rage, basically anger. If anger is part of you, that is work of the flesh. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, which are arguments, factions, which are division, and envy, drunkenness, and here it is, orgies, (laughs) and the like. I'm sorry, I'm very awkward. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom. Kitty is dying laughing here in the front. Will not inherit the kingdom of, grow up people, mature, (laughs) telling myself that. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Look at that. Love, joy, peace, patience. If you're not walking in these, that means you're walking in the flesh. That means when you're trying to live victorious, you can't because you're not tapped into the Spirit. So often we're trying to overcome sin, but we don't walk in peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're controlling, we're manipulative, we're aggressive, we're jealous, we're angry. We can't rejoice with those who rejoice. Isn't it sad that when something good happens to you, you have to wonder who you can share it with because you're afraid of the jealous haters, the haterades? And sometimes it's those in our family. It's like, man, you know, this just happened for me. And you go and you tell someone and they're like, well, that's nice. And you're like, all right. Rejoice with those who rejoice. 
The voice of the flesh contradicts righteous living. It contradicts living for Christ. Here is the priority of the works of the flesh, ready? Here's the priority, it's instant gratification. That in the end is never good. It results in shame, in guilt, in emptiness, condemnation. It feeds the monster inside of you. The works of the flesh, they are for instant gratification, but ultimately mess you up. And what we try to do is we try to overcome it in our own flesh. We try to overcome it in our own way. And God's like, I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. If you speak in another language, if you speak in tongues, in that moment when you're feeling tempted, maybe it's gluttony, maybe it's lust. I don't know what it is. Perhaps the works of the flesh that try to come and tempt you. But you can start either speaking in tongues or you can just say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because it's not in your own striving. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And too often we don't know how to tap into that power. But we have to. Or we will not be victorious. Our flesh will tell us to compromise because its number one priority is to satisfy the sinful nature. People need to memorize this next verse. Ready? Romans 8, 12 through 13. If you struggle with the voice of the flesh, you need to memorize these next two verses. So dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Sometimes we feel like, well, I feel this way, so I have to give in to it. I just can't anymore. You have no obligation, no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep following it, you will perish. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. Some people need to tattoo that on their butts. Actually, you can't see it on your butt unless you're looking at yourself in the mirror. That's kind of weird. Tattoo it wherever you can see it. Hand, forehead, whatever. You know it's the voice of the enemy when he lies about God's character when he lies about God's word, your identity, and your purpose. It's the voice of the enemy when he says, God isn't really, he's not really good. It's the voice of the enemy when it says, well, did God really say that? Or are you really called? Did God really separate you to do that? Did God really call you? That's the voice of the enemy. When he accuses you, when he condemns you, when he tells you you're not good enough, that's the voice of the enemy. The enemy's goal is to lead you away from God and toward an ever-increasing self-absorbed life that would eventually result in personal destruction. Hear that again. The enemy's goal is to lead you away from God and toward an ever-increasing self-absorbed life. This is the culture we are living in where it's about me, my needs, my personal gain. Forget everybody else. That is the devil's will for our society. Self-absorbed life that would eventually result in personal destruction. The moment we forget how to serve is the moment we are living for devil's purpose. Self-ambition. We know it's the voice of our desire when it's something we really want, and if we're not careful, it can cloud our judgment. You see, I wanted to separate the voice of the flesh with the voice of our desire because a desire is not necessarily bad. You might have a desire to have a kid. You might have a desire to get married. You might have a desire to, I don't know, whatever, lose 20 pounds, I don't know whatever your desire is, that might not be bad. It only becomes bad when you start making excuses to why you're walking away from God because of it. Yeah. 
It only becomes bad when you start compromising what God's word says for you. It only becomes bad when it clouds unusual wisdom. You've got to tap into discernment so that you can walk into what God is trying to protect you from. When we don't discern the voice of God, we risk some important things. Number one, our credibility among people. We are the light of the world, an example for others to follow. The way we live, the way we love, the way we give, our wisdom should be so unusual that people just gravitate to us. We shouldn't be like, yes, I'm so spirit-led, but everything you do just winds up being a mess. That's not God. You can say the Lord told me, but every time the Lord told you, he he was wrong, and God's never wrong, so you're wrong. Don't put God in your mess. Don't tell people that he told you. He didn't. Test it. I'm not saying you're bad. I'm just saying use discernment. The Bible says test all things. Test all things. Our credibility among people is so important because you see the gift of discernment is not just to fulfill the purpose that God has for me, but it's also to bless others. Our credibility among people, being the light of the world, being the salt of the world is so important because we bear the name of Jesus. And our reputation is important. You have two extremes. You have people who say, I don't care what people think. Sometimes it's okay to feel that way. But sometimes when it's at the expense of the name of Jesus and your life is just a hot mess and everyone knows it and they know you're a Christian, boo, don't even tell them you're a Christian then. Get your life together. Tap into the spiritual realm that God has gifted us with, the Holy Spirit, so you can walk in discernment. When we don't discern the voice of God, we risk our credibility. We make unwise decisions. We basically sometimes, because of desire, because of our flesh, we make hasty decisions. We get into debt. We we do stupid things because we forget to consult with the voice of the Holy Spirit, and he is there to give you wisdom if you would just ask him. Instead, you go into crisis mode because you screwed it up, but it's okay. We talked about it. If you make a mistake, he is a redeeming God, and he can redeem that mistake as you surrender it to him, and you can come back. But sometimes what happens is, there's a mess along the way, and it takes a little longer to get to where he has you to be. Let's try to avoid the mess up so that when we need to get to the promised land, it doesn't take us 40 years to get there. Let's summarize. What is godly discernment? It's unusual wisdom. Being able to judge or detect and recognize beyond earthly wisdom. How do you get it? You ask for it. It is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. Solomon had unusual wisdom because he asked God for it. James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Does discernment grow? Yes. As you keep renewing your mind, as you get to know the Father more, as you learn to set your mind on things above. I mean, honestly, how much do we actually think about God? What what is our mind consumed with? How much of the time that we have in each day do we dedicate to God? I'm not saying being one of those weirdos that you're at work and you're just like praying the entire time, you're not getting anything done, and then your boss wants to fire you in the name of Jesus, and you're like, well, I'm trying to set my mind on things above. He's like, bro, get out. Just go get another job or something. 
That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you are so in tune with the things of the Spirit that you could be working and knowing that you're working unto the Lord. That when you are working, you are worshiping. That when you're washing the, that stupid dish once again, it's for the Lord and for your family. Romans 8.5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can evaluate what's really going on in your mind and in your heart by what you talk about. Is it gossip? Generally, gossip means you've got some jealousy issues. If you keep calling someone some names, maybe because you're hurt about something, and maybe God's just saying, hey, stop accusing that person. Maybe you just need to start dealing with what's inside your heart. What do you keep talking about? What do you keep thinking about? Maybe you just need to go and, and speak to someone and get prayer. Maybe you need to go to get therapy. I don't know, but you need to start learning how to fix your things on things above. Just because you can have discernment doesn't mean you always walk in discernment. I made a lot of stupid mistakes. But the weird thing is, I consider myself a person of discernment. I've had people countless times sit in front of me in my office and try to deceive me, saying that they weren't do something, but I knew they were. Not because anyone told me, but because the discernment of the Holy Spirit. I saw past the natural eye into the supernatural realm and God showed me things. Person's like, oh yeah, I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, oh, is that all you're struggling with? Yeah, that's all I'm struggling with. I'm like, mm-hmm, sure, I wasn't born yesterday. They're like, no, Pastor Mary. I'm like, sweetheart, just tell me the truth. No, it's the truth. Later on that night, Pastor Mary, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, I know. I don't say that in a prideful way. I say it because I care so much about people that when they're in bondage because they're lying, because they're afraid of being judged or afraid of being condemned, that's the lie of the enemy. Because the purpose of the house of God is to restore, is to reconcile, is to help people get back up to where they need to be. But it doesn't mean just because you have discernment that you're always discerning. And why is that? Because sometimes we get so busy with life that we forget to pause, to be like, Holy Spirit, is this you? Holy Spirit, what are you prompting me to do here? Holy Spirit, should I go or should I not? How do we start this? How do I apply this to my life, to my walk with God, to my relationships, to my business deals? How do I apply this to the decisions I have to make? You see, spirit-led living is beyond just good living. It's God living. It's biblical living. See, unusual wisdom is being able to discern, this may not be bad for me, but it's not God's for me. Sometimes we look at something and be like, well, well, this is a good thing, so let's not use the Bible. Let's pretend this is a bad thing better than saying the Bible's a bad thing. Well, it doesn't look bad. It's not wrong. It's not technically a sin or anything. Like, so we make the excuse and we buy into the lie that it's okay. But you see, here's the thing. This could be okay for a while. But you see, Jesus didn't die to just give us this good, not bad thing. He called us to abundant living. 
Not just good living, abundant living, above, beyond living, holy living, not because we're better than people. No, because he's called us and set us apart so we can make a difference so that we can help others be called and set apart and experience the freedom, the power, the peace, the joy, the overwhelming love of Jesus. We have to ask ourselves the questions, are we living the good life or the God life? There is nothing wrong with a good life, but it's just not enough because Jesus Christ died to give us the abundant life. Yeah. We can't just settle for good living, not wrong living. We need unusual wisdom for our day-to-day. -day. Our family needs it. Our friends need it. The girls in this room need it because there will be days that we're out, down and out, Something could have happened, an unexpected tragedy, something that you didn't account for, and you're just out of it. And you need someone with unusual wisdom to come up like they did on this stage, tap into the voice of the Holy Spirit, and speak life. Yeah. And speak life. Keep learning the word, renewing your mind so the enemy can't fool you nor deter you from the course God has set for you. Being led of the Spirit aligns you with the Word of God. and never contradicts the Word. It encourages the God life, the holy life. It leads you to higher living. Seek people mature in the faith. If, if you feel like God is telling you something, test it. Test it, test it, test it. Be careful when you say, God told me. That's a really big statement. Huge, huge. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 21 says, and this is my last verse, do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Another version in the message, it says, don't suppress the Spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the Master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything and keep only what's good. Can we stand? I know that was a lot to unpack tonight, but I feel like to be a resilient woman, we need to have unusual wisdom. Not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom that we're favored to have through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not gonna do a forward altar call. We already prayed for people in worship, but right where you are, hey, just have a moment with the Lord and just say, God, would you give me unusual wisdom? Would you give me unusual wisdom to discern what is good and what is God? To discern the perfect good will of God. To discern the environments I should be in versus the environments I shouldn't. The friends I should have, the friends I shouldn't have. The relationship I should end and the ones I should commence. Lord, would you give me unusual wisdom to know how to deal with my finances? Help me as a single mom to know how to raise my children without their father. God, give me unusual wisdom to run my business spirit-led. Come on, you and God all across this room. Father, give them unusual wisdom. Give them the discernment to know that people are not against them. To know the voice of the enemy when he's lying about their identity, when he's lying about who you are, your character. Give them discernment to know, Father, when they're being led of the Spirit versus being led of their emotions. Lord, maybe they're tired and 
They just feel like they want to give up. But Lord, let them know tonight. Let them have the discernment. They just need a little rest. But they have to get back up again and start running the race. Do not quit. I feel like that's a word for someone. Do not quit. Maybe you're tired. Take a rest. But get back up again. Father, I just pray right now for your daughters. And I pray that as we go through this thing called life where so much of it is about decisions, I pray that we would learn to pause and seek your face before we enter into crisis mode so you would reveal deep and hidden things to us, so you will show us, God, the truths for our life, the direction of our life, God, where you're calling us to, where you're leading us to, that we would trust you, Holy Spirit, as you guide us. In Jesus' name. And real quick, all across this room, I always wanna make sure I provide this opportunity. This is your first time here, or if you've been coming for a while, and this is kind of like, what is this woman talking about? Who is this HS guy, you know? At Church Alive, we're really about Jesus. He is God. He's not a God, he is God. And he says he is the way, the truth, and the life. You see, Jesus can only be one of three things, a liar, a lunatic, or he is Lord. He can't be all three. We believe that Jesus is Lord because evidence, not even biblical evidence, just evidence and history will tell us that there is an empty tomb of a man called Jesus. And for that reason, we can live with confidence knowing that he is our God. He has called us to live this victorious life, this freedom life. And he wants every single person to come into relationship with him for the forgiveness of sins and for the purpose of life that he has destined for each of us. If that's you in here, if you want to say, hey, I want to place my faith in Jesus. I want the forgiveness of sins. I want him to be Lord of my life. I'm going to invite all the women to close your eyes for a moment. If that's you in here, would you just slip up your hand so I could see it? I see that hand. That's great. I see that hand. That's great. I see that hand. I see that hand. That's great. I see that hand. I see that hand back there too. That's awesome. We're just going to all together pray, and I'm so over my time but we're gonna pray. Just a simple prayer, repeat after me. It's basically the same thing I just said about inviting Jesus. Dear God, thank you for being Lord, Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Would you forgive mine? I ask you to be Lord of my life. Today, I decide follow you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.